Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ruby Rogues podcast. This week on our panel, we have Eric Berry. Hey there. Dave Kamura. Hey, everyone. Nate Hopkins. Hello. Andrew Mason. Hey, everybody. I feel like I missed somebody. Did I miss somebody? I don't think I missed Me, me, me. David Richards. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Sorry that the, the pictures keep moving, and that's how I was keeping track, and then they moved. <laughs> um, I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv, and this week we have a special guest. Uh, this is a friend of mine, Manny Vaya. All right. Hey, Manny Vaya. Uh, Vaya. Here in the house. Uh, I know uh, it's uh, one of those last names that people love to mess around with. So just... It's fine. I've only known you for like a year, so. Yeah. <laughs> we only get on a call only once a week. Yeah, that's all. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So do you want to give a brief introduction to who you are and um, and then we can dive into this? Um, yeah. This is stuff I geek out on, so I'm super excited. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about productivity today, but I want to give some background. Like, I used to be an engineer, so I, I studied physics, then I studied engineering. I, I used to write lowest level assembly code for DVD players back in the day, back in 2003, 2004 at uh, Cirrus Logic and things like that. And then I moved on to writing DSP firmware, basically C, C software for a lot of um, mobile phones. And uh, I used to manage uh, billion-dollar cell phone projects at one time. But I left all of the technology industry to read books full-time. And that's what I do. I mean, my business is 2,000 books. And uh, I read and summarize business books, personal development books. And productivity is one of those like things I geek out on more than anything else. It's just one of those... Uh, things that never uh, ceases to amaze me how, how, how deep the rabbit hole goes as to how much more we can get out of ourselves if we just apply the right principles at the right time. Wow, so you're like one of those real engineers, not like us pretend ones, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think I used to be a real engineer and now I'm a pretend engineer because I just, I just throw that out whenever people are like, oh, I'm a coder too. I'm like, yeah, I used to be one too. Or I used to be an engineer too, but no more. So now I'm just a businessman. Yeah, he's a, he's a real nerd. He has a physics degree and reads lots of books. That's right. Physics, electrical engineering, computer engineering, and now books. Like, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <Totally nerd>. nice. <laughs> yeah. And assembly level. Like, shit, man. Assembly, it doesn't get better than assembly coding. I don't know if any of you guys have done assembly, but it's like the lowest level of coding where you're literally dealing with, you're more or less on the silicon at that point, dealing with registers and shit like that. Yeah, I, 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 I do have a quick systems class in, at BYU, and or I took two of them actually. And yeah, it's like the bugging is is oh oh crap, Ooh. it stopped. Oh, 
Debugging is horrible. (laughs) Then you take it to the emulator and you plug it into the emulator and, oh, crap, it ran. Does WebAssembly count? (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I can. You could debug that. (laughs) <laughs> what are you trying to break in with, David? I say I think I can beat all your 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 stories. I know a person who spent I'm not kidding a year uh, programming, and he was there at the university library, and uh, a student saw him, and he said, "You know, there's an assembler, right?" He was down <laughs> lower than the assembler. He was so grateful to find the assembler to make his oh life <laughs> easier. He didn't know anything yet. It was early days, seventies. And- Do you have a stack of punch cards with him? Oh, he was, it was all uh, notepads and then it was uh, 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 registries directly, you know, on switches on the, on the, on the computer. He soldered together himself in the day. (laughs) I guess in the 70s, my parents were college students and they both took programming classes and had the big stacks of cards. What? We used to use those for our note cards for our productivity, segueing back into our topic. But yeah, we used to keep our task lists on, on, on punch cards, just. Because there were so many old punch cards kicking around, nobody could use anymore. Yeah. And that's like what I learned in the process of doing a lot of this reading on productivity and learning about productivity is that whether I was doing management, whether I was doing like managing billion dollar cell phone projects, or whether I was writing code, the principles didn't really change. What changed were how you maybe, maybe applied them a little bit, but fundamentals of productivity never change no matter what you do in life. And coding is one of those things that's like, one of the most mentally demanding when you get into it and when you're trying to debug or when you're trying to put things together, it's, it can be really like, I I remember times when I would be so harassed by a problem that I would go to the office at 4am just because I couldn't sleep anymore because the problem was like, had taken over my life. And I'm sure you guys have been there where you're like coding, coding, and you're trying to debug. And at some point it's just like, God damn, man, got to figure it out. And it just takes over everything. You can't stop thinking about it at some point. Yep. I, I want to kind of set the stage a little bit here because I think everybody kind of comes at what they think of as productivity a little bit differently. You know, some people productivity is kind of this pipe dream of um, I sit down and I stream code from my brain to my machine for hours on end. And for other people, it's, you know, I get a certain number of user stories done. For other people, it's that word that my boss keeps throwing around because we're not getting enough done. And so when we're talking about productivity, how do you define it? And I'm curious how everybody defines it, but um, to kind of set the stage for the discussion, you know, when we say productivity, what do we mean, Manny? Yeah. So first of all, I want to distinguish, like I want to make the distinction between effectiveness and efficiency because there is a huge difference. Efficiency is doing things the right way, but effectiveness is doing the right things. And that in itself is a huge leap for most people. Figuring out what's the right thing to do rather than trying to do something the right way. A lot of the times we spend our time and efforts on doing the small things, the little things that really don't move the dial, that really don't move the lever, that are, there's no you know, uh, leverage there. While on the other hand, doing the right things has all the leverage. And even if you don't do them perfectly, you're going to get a lot more out of that effort. So productivity in in a nutshell is being able to get the most out of your time in terms of the long-term results, not in terms of just doing for the sake of doing. And that's where it's really key distinction because a lot of times we get confused and we say 
if I'm sitting in office and if I'm there from 9am till 7pm, and if I'm just like in front of the computer and doing something, I was extremely productive. Or I was, because I was there for 10 hours, 12 hours, I actually was, um, I, I did, I, I, I had a busy day at work. Busyness is not the same as productivity. Productivity is for pound for pound, whatever effort you put in, how much, like what's the max result you can get out of it. I like that. When you're talking about this, it, it really hits home for me right now. I've been, we've been trying to uh, build a company, just Nathan and I are building this company, CodeFund. And uh, so much of, of what we need to do has been kind of mapped out and, and prioritized as far as we can tell on the priority. But I don't know if this is, uh, this is uh, more just my personality or maybe it is the personality of, of those people who are like actually run the company or own the company or whatever. But to me, I'm constantly feeling a sense of guilt for not working on everything, for not doing everything. And so as you mentioned that, for me, it's really hard to, to kind of grasp and say, you know what, it's okay to, to just focus on this because this is going to have the highest impact. But there's these 10 other things that do need to be done. And the, the longer we push them to the bottom of the list, they're never going to get done. Mm-hmm. So how do you handle the guilt around that? Or how do you, prior, how do you bring in the human aspect of this and make it so that at the end of the day, you just don't go binge drink and like, you know, just <laughs> like I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, so Eric, uh, I think one of the challenges uh, with what happens when we start to feel guilty about all the other things that are not getting done is we tend to multitask. We tend to do, we tend to switch between task and task and task. Is that happening? Is, is that one of the challenges you run into when you, when you find that you're overwhelmed or you're like, uh, you feel like, oh man, I, I have all these things. Then you're switching, you're checking this, you're checking that. You're, you're going between five different things rather than doing that one thing. Is that right? Uh, you're, you're dead on. Even today, I've been bouncing back and forth and, and uh, it's hard to stick with one thing. Yeah, no. Um, one of the most dangerous things, and this is, this is where discipline of your effort is going to come into play. One of the most dangerous things for productivity is multitasking. I know all of us or most people like to think that they're really amazing multitaskers. Maybe the rest of the world is not a multitasker, but it's just like coding. I mean, you guys, if you've done, uh, you, if you've done coding, you realize every time you in, initiate another process, every time there is a, a context switching cost, right? There's switching cost every time you try to do something else rather than the main process that you are trying to get the computer to do. And the more you initiate the number of tasks that are going on at any given time, the lower your productivity will go, the lower your overall output will go. So the key for the situations that you find yourself, Eric, in is to uh, take stock of all the things that need to be done, identify what's the most important right now, and then block out time. So what you're going to do is you're going to literally block out 30 minutes to an hour where you are allowed no distractions. So there's no email pop-ups. One of the big challenges that people have is they have too many distractions coming their way. The phone is beeping. The emails are coming in. uh, There's a Facebook notification. There is I am coming in. When you are doing your most important work, you've got to turn all of that off. You've got to shut off all distractions. No email notification. No email notifications, no Facebook notifications, no Twitter notifications. Um, everything has to be turned off for you to be able to do your high quality work. Now, the, now, what you can and what you will often find is that if you give yourself those three to four hours of high quality work, 
what uh, Chuck and I did an experiment uh, a few weeks ago, Chuck, myself, John, and uh, um, you know, our friend Josh from Simple Programmer. We did an experiment where we're doing um, Pomodoros for a 25-minute timer where you're not allowed to do anything else but one thing. And we did I'll see if I can find the episode where I complained about or we talked about that. You complained about it, but you know it was the best thing ever. <laughs> Um, so what we used to do, what we did was, um, we did eight Pomodoros before 12 PM. That means four hours more or less of dedicated work where nothing, no distractions were allowed. And then you can go and do other things, but you can structure it in your own way. But the key is to be able to get those chunks of time, chunks of time where you are not allowed to do other things. You get freedom. You get a lot of freedom when there is a boundary. Structure will lead to freedom. Freedom is not freedom by itself. Structure is freedom. And you need to create that structure, that boundary of time, that boundary of, this is the only thing I work on right now. And that will stop the overwhelm. That will stop the madness. Because in this moment, I am free to work on this thing. And now you can be really creative. You can be really, you can give your very best. It sounds like the subtext of this, or maybe my subtext of this, is that this is a big part of stress management as well. It's not just getting things done, but 